0: Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swanns, and today is Wednesday of the 19th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
1: And with your spirit.
0: whom, taught by the Holy Spirit, we dare to call our Father. Bring, we pray, to perfection in our hearts the spirit of adoption as your sons and daughters, that we may merit to enter into the inheritance which you have promised. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever.
2: Amen. A reading from the prophet Ezekiel. As I, Ezekiel, listened, God shouted, Come here, you scourges of the city, and bring your weapons of destruction. Immediately six men advanced from the upper north gate, each holding a deadly weapon. In the middle of them was a man in white with a scribe's ink horn in his belt. They came in and halted in front of the bronze altar. The glory of God of Israel rose off the cherubs, where it had been, and went up to the threshold of the temple. He called the man in white with a scribe's inkhorn in his belt and said, Go all through the city, all through Jerusalem, and mark a cross on the foreheads of all who deplore and disapprove of the filth practiced in it. I heard him say to the others, Follow him through the city and strike. Show neither pity nor mercy. Old men, young men, virgins, children, women, kill and exterminate them all. But do not touch anyone with a cross on his forehead. Begin at my sanctuary. So they began with the old man in the front of the temple. He said to them, Defile the temple, fill the courts with corpses, and go. They went out and hacked their way through the city. The glory of the Lord came out from the temple threshold and paused over the cherubs. The cherubs spread their wings and rose from the ground to leave. And as I watched, the wheels rose with them. They paused at the entrance to the east gate of the temple of the Lord. And the glory of God of Israel hovered over them. This was the creature that I had seen supporting the God of Israel beside the river Cherba. And I was now certain that these were cherubs. Each had four faces and four wings, and what seemed to be human hands under wings. Their faces were just as I had seen them beside the river Cheba. Each moved straight forward. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The glory of the Lord is higher than the skies. The glory of the Lord is higher than the skies. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. May the name of the Lord be blessed, both now and forever. The glory of the Lord is higher than the skies. From the rising of the sun to its setting, praise be the name of the Lord. High above all nations is the Lord. Above the heavens, His glory. The glory of the Lord is higher than the skies. Alleluia, alleluia. God was in Christ to reconcile the world to himself, and the good news of reconciliation he has entrusted to us. Alleluia.
0: The Lord be with you.
2: And
1: with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew.
1: Glory to you, O Lord.
0: Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother does something wrong, go and have it out with him alone, between your two selves. If he listens to you, you have won back your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you. The evidence of two or three witnesses is required to sustain any charge. But if he refuses to listen to these, report it to the community. And if he refuses to listen to the community, treat him like a pagan or a tax collector. I tell you solemnly, whatever you bind on earth shall be considered bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be considered loosed in heaven. I tell you solemnly once again, if two of you on earth agree to ask anything at all, it will be granted to you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three meet in my name, I shall be there with them. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: All right, so we're back with the prophet Ezekiel. And um, let's face it, um, things are getting a little bit odd. Uh, We're starting to um, hear some very violent language. And we're also starting to hear some um, language of visions, which, let's face it, is going to need a little bit of interpreting, I think. So if you remember from yesterday, um, we learned a little bit about Ezekiel's commissioning as a prophet. We find out that Ezekiel is part of the first wave of Israelites who've been taken by the Babylonians into exile. You see, uh, the southern kingdom was attacked by Babylon. Um, now, Babylon, of course, um, is modern-day Iraq. And Jerusalem is attacked by Babylon. Uh, and this first wave of exiles is, is captured by the Babylonians and taken back to Babylon um, in captivity. And Ezekiel's one of them. And it's in this foreign land that Ezekiel has this vision of the presence of God. He calls it the glory of the Lord. Um, and he envisages this kind of heavenly throne that's on a chariot that's being carried by the cherubim, but carried by the angels. What's interesting, though, is that the glory of the Lord, like the, the, the sign of God's holy presence, um, is being made manifest um, in Babylon, but that's where Ezekiel is. He's already been carried off into exile like five years earlier. The glory of the Lord is, is what's supposed to be dwelling in the temple. And of course, you know, from this vision, Ezekiel receives the commission to become a prophet. To be the one who communicates God's word to the people. And God's word is one of judgment. Guys, you're a bunch of rebels. Why is that? Well, because we're in a covenant, right? You and me, you, my people, I, your God, we are in a covenant bond which is ratified in blood. We've entered into a blood oath. Um, In other words, that if either of us are unfaithful to our covenant oath, that our blood would be spilt. We entered into a family bond whereby we would belong to one another. I'm your God, you're my people. And the oath that we swore was, you know, something akin to cross my heart and hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. Well, how are you going with that covenant promise? The word that's addressed to Ezekiel is that Israel has been unfaithful. They were supposed to worship God alone. They were supposed to belong to him alone. And yet... Look what's going on. Idolatry in the temple. And belonging to God, they were supposed to follow his law. They were supposed to practice justice. But look what's going on. The country is being plagued with all sorts of injustice. And the poor and the weak are being exploited. So here's the thing what happens when you break a blood oath. Your blood gets spilt. All right, so Ezekiel's doing his thing, his prophetic thing, uh, and then he has another vision, and, and that's the reading that we've got today. He has a vision of the temple in Jerusalem. Now, bear in mind, he's still in exile over in Babylon, but he has this vision of the temple in Jerusalem, the place which is supposed to be the sign of Israel's right relationship and worship of God, the sign of God's holy presence The temple is God's holy dwelling place among his people. What does Ezekiel see, though? He sees all sorts of idolatry. The priests who are supposed to be worshipping God are worshipping idols in the outer courtyard and even in the inner sanctuary. Uh, And then we pick up the reading for today. Two things happen. One, God ups and leaves the temple. And two we get these scourges of the city come through. Six carrying weapons of war and one carrying an ink pen. And the one with the ink pen needs to go through the city and mark with a cross those who disapproved of the idolatry practised in the temple and being marked, they would be rescued. But the other six were to use the weapons of war to clean out the city. It's a you know sort of terrifying image. Firstly, of uh, a whole heap of bloodshed, um, but but secondly also of God leaving His people. So you know what what's going on? You know is 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 God just being especially harsh and and you know grumpy at, at the unfaithfulness of Israel? Well. If you remember the covenant, it's it's a blood oath that, you know, both God and his people had said, look, if, if we're unfaithful to the covenant, let our blood be spilt. And, and that's what's happening. Of course, Babylon comes back and absolutely destroys Jerusalem, brings more into exile and brings an end to the temple. And this is all shown in Ezekiel's vision. The people are given over to the consequences of their unfaithfulness. And as for the presence of God, well, the Lord's just giving them what they asked for. You wanted idols. You can have idols. I'll just go. Now, the presence of the Lord, right, this, this vision of, um, you know, the chariot and then the cherubim holding up the throne of, of God, um, it leaves the temple via the east gate, It crosses over the Kidron Valley, into the Mount of Olives, and then out into the desert. The presence of the Lord, it's leaving the temple in Jerusalem, but it's heading east. Where's that? Babylon. It looks like God is abandoning his people, but in fact, he's joining them in exile. God hasn't torn up the covenant He's going to try and rebuild it. Now, guys, let me give you a little spoiler alert. When Jesus enters triumphally into Jerusalem at the beginning of Holy Week on Palm Sunday, how does he travel into Jerusalem? Along the Mount of Olives, crosses the Kidron Valley and enters via the east. From the east comes the rising sun. From the east comes the presence of God. The way that the Lord had left his holy presence from Jerusalem is the way that his holy presence returns into Jerusalem. The unfaithfulness of God's people has led God to go into exile with them, but he will bring them back from exile and he will bring his people into right relationship with God. He will re establish the temple. He will re-establish, right praise and worship. And it will be re-established, not in a temple of stone and wood, but in a temple that is his body. All right, this is getting long, but spoiler alert number two. Unfaithfulness to the covenant brings death, right? Well, who is it that's going to suffer the consequences of unfaithfulness to the covenant? It's going to be Jesus. He is the one who is going to lay down his life for his friends. And in his blood is going to come about a new covenant. This weird Old Testament stuff is pretty powerful. So watch this space. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who who art art in heaven, heaven... we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ.
1: For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever.
0: Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion.
1: My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
0: The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
0: May Almighty God bless you At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us.